You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Hey, 26er family, welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha, and we are back with another episode of Extraordinary Occurrences with producer extraordinaire, Demarcus Adisa. What's up? You're... How's it going? It's going. You know, I got a full night's rest last night, so I'm yeah, feeling all right. Yeah, like, how many hours? I might have slept for 10 hours, yo. No, I'm still on my... Uh, my polyphasic sleep, where if I fall asleep too early, I wake up and I'm up for hours. So I'm still tired. I feel all right this morning. Yeah, I don't know. I have that like post 35 sleep habit, like where it just, it's really hard to get a full night's rest. It's annoying. Mm, don't know about that life yet. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I, I knew we had to do this, but after recording five interviews yesterday, the last thing I want to do is actually talk right now. Facts. But we're committed. People really enjoy these sibling episodes. So we felt like uh, we had to stick with it. So what's been going on with you since the last time you appeared on the show? Not sleeping, um, working, hustling, you know, same old, same old, staying true to those Jamaican and Floridian roots. We really have been all over the place still. All over the world. We gonna take you all around the world. I feel like we said that Q1 was like, just kind of getting something set up and that's it. But it hasn't been that. Like, it has not been that. Things come up, opportunities present themselves, and I just feel like it always gets derailed. The low-key always gets derailed. It never, ever fails. You have a plan, to quote the Jim Brown, the, the, the great football player Jim Brown, everyone has a plan until they get punched. Yep. And, you know, life has a way of, like messing up your plans, punching you in the face a few times. And then it's like, how are you going to react? I know. So, I mean, I feel like we have managed really well, but the last, whew, the last week and a half has been a lot, which right. we will, we will get into that. Um, but before we get to that, I mean, I, I had plans to really enjoy this month because I just celebrated a birthday. Hey, happy birthday to you. It's wild. I don't like I the last I mean, I expected the last year to be a bit of a blur because we just did so much, but it really went by at warp speed. So I I don't know what I feel like turning 38. I feel good because everything that I really wanted to complete last year mm -hmm. I did like everything. And then the things that I wanted to make significant progress on, like the book and some other um, personal goals, those are moving. So I don't feel like I don't know where the year went and I didn't do anything. I feel like, wow, I really crammed a lot in uh, the last 12 months. But on the other hand, just that sobering feeling of how time accelerates at this aging stage of life and thinking about family and marriage and all that stuff. Right. And like, where does that fit in and when as the, the years are really, really whizzing by, that's the part that has me having like mixed emotions. I wish I could just stop time sometimes. Right. They they say that, you know, once you reach like 25, I think it is, your birthday's kind of whizzed by because you've lived longer. Uh, when you're younger, when you're eight or nine or 10, you have no real relationship with time. Everything mm -hmm. seems long. Right. An hour 
seems like the longest thing in the world. Like kids getting put on timeout for 15 minutes. It feels like they're in timeout for 30 minutes because they have no experience and like any relate strong relationship with time. But by the time you reach 25, 30, these birthdays just whiz by. Like, right. you know, you're like, you look, we're going to look up and it's going to be the 4th of July. Like, where did the time go? Which, and thinking about everything that has to be done in the next few months, it's definitely going to be a where did the time go situation right. because we're just about to be on the same thing we were on last year. So, yes, I'm I'm a little bit shook at the way time is moving. But um, I do believe that things happen as they should, so long as you're moving with intention and moving in purpose. And I right. do feel like I'm doing that. So um, I'm going to leave some things up to Jehovah. <laughs> Jehovah Jireh. Just provider. hope for the best. <laughs> yes, for sure. So we were with family my actual birthday weekend. Right. Um celebrating my aunt and my cousin. They had a joint birthday party. So I actually rung in my birthday. Their birthday was a day. Uh, their party was the night before my birthday. So I kind of rung in my birthday at midnight um, yeah. with family. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I somehow, I talk about Delisa's birthday all the time, but I somehow forgot it was Oh yeah, birthday. I forgot that you forgot, right? <laughs> so not only did you forget that it was my birthday, we originally had plans to work on my birthday, right? Remember that right. was the whole discussion. So as many of you know, if you if you follow us closely, um, DeMarcus is videographer, editor, graphic designer, uh, all around Renaissance man with regard to creative endeavors. Um, and somehow I, you know, I end up getting involved in a few here and there. Um, so I was helping him with a video project that he was working on for a private client. And I guess they wanted me to do the voiceover. I can't right. remember the voiceover yeah. work. So somehow the the only day that they were originally available for us to do some work together and get some information from them and kind of storyboard it out was on my birthday. So I was like, okay, you know, this is not a milestone birthday for me. I'm one of those people, if I'm not halfway across the globe, I really am not big on, I don't have to celebrate my birthday. It's fine. So we had this whole discussion about how we were going to have to work on my birthday and how that was okay for me. And then that ended up getting rescheduled, but somehow you still got that it was my birthday. <laughs> Listen, man, I'd be working like John Amos you know, on freaking good times and forgive me, but I did make up for it. And it, it was crazy because we came to my mother's house after the party. It was like one o'clock in the morning. It's like super late. And my mom just whips out this birthday card, like, and start singing happy birthday. And I'm looking around like somebody let off a flashbang grenade confused. Like, what is going on here? Oh, that's right. It is her birthday. But I did make up for it the next morning. Went, gave my mom some money. Because originally I was like, oh, you know, just take her to brunch. You know, happy birthday brunch. We eat as a family. We celebrate as a family. But they didn't want to go anywhere, which was fine by me. Yeah, I was so tired. I was fine with not <laughs> which, going anywhere. Which was fine by me. So um, I ended up giving my mom some grocery money and I went to the liquor store and we had mimosas. Mom cooked the best breakfast ever. And we did what we usually do, which is clown as a family. And I had fun. I'm not the person that needs to like turn up for brunch or, or what have you, because we do so much that if I can steal a couple of hours just to have some downtime, I'm okay with that. As long as I'm laughing and having a good time, that's fine. Um, so yeah, that's what we did. And then later I had plans. My girlfriends were adamant that we actually celebrate because they feel like I'm always encouraging other people to do things or running up and down the highway to celebrate them. Um, but I don't necessarily make a big deal about my own birthday, which is true. But the reason is my friends celebrate and they rally 
on other days when it really matters. Like they they were there for the launch of HOSA fund. Those who could volunteered. Like, so I feel like you're, you're there for the important days. A birthday mm-hmm. is a birthday, especially a random number like 38, even though after the um, what has transpired in the last uh, few days or week and a half, I'm, I'm learning to cherish every birthday. But um, they were an adamant that we actually do something. So I was going to have plans with them the following weekend, but that all got derailed. So, yeah, so we spent it at, at, at home with our mother. And then we ended up driving to Delaware Delaware, for a, a fireside chat, which we could talk about later. Right. I guess. Um, yeah. So that, that was my birthday, but I'm, I'm grateful to see another year. I'm, I'm excited to see what this year holds big changes afoot, big, big life changes. Afoot. Big things to go on. Yeah. Which we won't get into on this episode, but I'm sort of preparing myself for that. And I'm excited. Um, but it's going to take some adjustments. And yeah, that's it. I'm just ready for, um, ready to see how things transpire over the next 12 months. But so yeah, that was my birthday. We did what we needed to do. Went on about my business. And if anybody like knows me, um, you know that like I kind of move past celebratory moments really quickly and move on to the next thing. So that's basically what I was doing. Um, and everything changed a few days later. So if you know us personally and you speak to us um, directly, you may know that we had a huge, tragic loss in our family. Right. Just a few days after such a great weekend with everybody being together. Um, so we have been dealing with that and coping with that and trying to process that for the last week and a half. That was uh, very tough. Um, what day? What was that? Thursday? Wednesday night going Wednesday into Thursday. Wednesday night going into Thursday. My, overnight. I, overnight. So I, so many things happened that my days kind of blend together. I can't even remember what I was doing um, the night before. Um, probably working on something. But Delisha called me. It was like 7 o'clock in the morning. She called me super early, um, which she does from time to time. So I didn't think nothing of it. You know, I'm half awake and she calls me and she's like, um, I got something to tell you. And then she was quiet for a second and she was just like, Daryl died. And I'm like, what? You know what I mean? It was sort of like I was kind of coming out of sleep. So it was kind of confusing. But she's like, yeah, Daryl died. I'm like, what do you mean Daryl died? She's like, he died. He died last night, collapsed. Early, well, not last night, but early that morning. It's like one, two o'clock in the morning. Sometime, yeah. In the morning. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't know. It was like somebody shot me in the chest when I heard that. Because we literally was was just with him at my aunt and my cousin's birthday party, having a good time, laughing. He was perfectly fine. Nothing was wrong with him. And just to be gone like that, it was just, I don't know, it was like, it was, it was crippling almost. Yeah. Like, and, you know, so like most Black folks, we don't really delineate family by blood versus, right. you know, in-laws or what, what they call fictive kin. Daryl's been a part of our family now for over a decade at this point, or just around a decade, and was engaged to our first cousin, you know, that right. we grew up with. So um, we viewed him as a cousin, of course, um, and they were preparing to be married, and we were celebrating her birthday. Right. It was a few days earlier. Um, and just thinking about everything, talking about weddings and, and all of that, and then just a few days later, everything changed. And I remember the night before being a bit um, off kilter, like just feeling a bit anxious and, and left of center. 
um, and not knowing why and not being able to fall asleep. And and I thought it was because a lot of balls in the air, a lot of things going on. So I just thinking maybe, oh, my mind will not shut down. Um, tossing, turning, tossing, turning. And then finally, at about 3 a.m., I put my phone on Do Not Disturb and turned it over so that I wouldn't be able to see um, the light from it. And I didn't realize until later, I guess about um, six something, it was really early, late, maybe just before six, somewhere around there, when my mom called that my uncle had tried to call me at 3.20. So 20 minutes after I turned my phone over, all that anxiety um, now I know what that was about. My uncle tried to call it. I didn't hear the phone because I put it on do not disturb, but, um, my mom knows that as I've explained it to her, if you can't get me overnight, then that means my phone's on do not disturb. If you know anything about Apple products, the same person has to call you back to back right. for that do not disturb to be disrupted. So my uncle didn't know to do that. Um, but mom did. So she called me and when somebody calls you at that hour, you all, I knew immediately that something had happened, right? right. Um, and yeah, picked the phone up and I could hear the stress in her voice. Um, and she told me, told me she mentioned Daryl. She said Daryl had passed. And I was so, it just seemed so unreal to me that it could be him that I didn't know who she was talking about. Right. I'm like, Daryl who? Because in my mind, it's like, it can't be that Daryl. Um, so and we have a distant cousin who's older named Daryl on our grandmother's house. I thought it was him, right? I just had, had no idea. And um, when she told me, clarify who it was, same thing. I just, I couldn't process it, first of all. And it's just that that feeling like you're literally being stabbed in the, in the chest. Um, so... That ex- that experience and that news obviously changed everything. And when and our family is very tight knit, so when something like that happens, you drop everything. You drop everything. So um, I feel like that's despite being in shock, like s- turned into switched into project manager mode immediately, right. and just trying to clear my day and you know be there for our cousin and our our aunt and uncle because they were so close to him, you know as well. Um, so we and then I called you. And we got got ready and picked some food up and stuff. And I went down there to be with family for the day and have been with family on and off. Ever since. Ever since. And um, I have never seen the, the men in our family so broken. Right. And which is crazy to say because we've lost both of our grandparents. Right. Um, but, but, but the men in our family are just very, very stoic. So um, to see people really shaken up about this and as they should be but like i think seeing the men so shaken up like that that is what is what really really has been hard for me um all of it's been hard but just really the the sobering fact of how deeply this has affected our family right um that's what i'm still trying to process and we're all fixers by nature so the fact that like nobody can fix it there's nothing that can be done um and we still don't have any answers. So that's not helping. We still don't quite know what happened or what, what caused this. Somebody who seemed, you know, perfectly help, healthy here one day, gone the next at age 29. Um, it has been a lot. 
I think that that was the part that shook everyone up. You know, Nana and Pop passing. I mean, it was tra- it was like heartbreaking, right? And pivotal pieces of your life. But you can kind of reason with that. You know, these people live lives. You know, you know Nana was what, 60? Was 67. 67 when she passed away or whatever. So, I mean, it's still heartbreaking, you know. Like these days, people live in a B90 something. You wish you would get those extra years, but still live the life, you know. Mm-hmm. Pop was what, 75? 77. 77. 77, yeah. 77 when he passed. So again, it's sad, but the man lived a, a full life. Especially and was ready, for, you know, was right. never, he never feared death. Right. Mm-hmm. And was ready to go. So you can kind of reason those deaths and you can come to some sort of conclusion in, in your mind. I'd be grateful for the time you had, but 29 is just, it's way too young. Um, and that's something hard to come to grips with. And again, like Delisha was saying, like, I don't care what nobody say, like Daryl was family. We don't have one of those families where, you know, you, we got set definitions for family members. If you come around enough, um, and you participate and you display certain principles and characteristics, my, our family welcomes you in. We're just, that's just how the culture of our family, you don't, DNA is not the deal breaker. Um, here. So Daryl is somebody who was there for Christmas, there for Thanksgiving, taking family trips with us. Like um, my aunt broke out some of the pictures on Facebook from when we went to Camp May, Cape, Cape May, excuse me, a few years ago. I'm like, I forgot all about that trip. Um, we we're down there laughing, fishing, playing games, talking, junk, and Daryl fit right in. Mm-hmm. Everything. Big teddy bear. Um, but hearing that and not only hearing the news, but like seeing my family members grieve, it was just uh, a lot. And then the actual funeral, going there and seeing somebody so young who you were just talking to a week ago, laying in a casket, not looking like themselves, it was just just heartbreaking, you know? And it didn't kind of, even seeing them in the casket, it didn't really seem real um, until we got to the gravesite and they put them in the ground. And it's just like, oh, he's not coming back. Um, And I just feel for our cousin because, you know, she spent, they were together for over, 10 years, you know, she spent her entire 20s with this man, bought a house with him, got engaged to him, was planning a whole life together. And now she has to start over. Um, And what does that lo- look like? Right? right. How do you even begin to build a st- continuing your life when you've been with someone seriously since you were a teenager mm-hmm. and are, you know, late teens into your 20s is um, because they if I'm not mistaken, they've known each other since they were in high school. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it has just been a lot. But I, I think, you know, this family has weathered all sorts of storms. If you follow the podcast, you follow anything that we've done, we've spoken about it in the past. In the past. Um, it's definitely heartbreaking, but I think this is something we'll be able, we'll get through again. We'll figure out a way to come back together and form up again. It's just going to be hard. Right. And I, and I think for me, I see my little cousin in so much pain. Like it just, and as some of you may know, I'm the eldest grandchild. So, and I'm a bit older than everybody. um, So I see, I'm just protective, you know, of you and and all of my cousins in general, being the oldest and having babysat everybody and and just not being able to do anything to make her, you know, feel better other than just trying to be present for her. Um, I can't take it. I just, you know, you want to fix something that just can't be fixed. So it's, it's going to take time and, as you said, you gotta. We'll get through it, but you gotta find a new normal. Right. Um, and and that's not going to be easy. And grief is not a linear process. Um, there are ebbs and flows. So, um, we just have been talking about how to support each other as a family and be there for her, especially her parents. Um, her parents and her brother. And yeah. Yeah. So it's it has been um, a rough. 
<laughs> a rough few days, um, for oh, sure. Yeah. And we also lost the uncle on the same day. On the day. same day, yeah. So we were all together, um, and people were starting to disperse that that evening. Um, and our mom had left. Mom had left. She had known we were still there, um, trying to make sure that um, we, you know, some of our family was still there, even though his family had gathered as well, and be there to make sure Jordan got packed up. And um, yeah, our mom called me. Mom called and and I was like, oh, she just left 30 minutes ago. I thought she was calling to just check to make sure everything was going okay. And she had gotten word that our grandmother's baby brother, um, at the time we thought he just tripped and fell and, and hit his head and passed away on the same day. And we later found out his heart just gave out. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so two deaths <laughs> in one day. And I think for me, I was like, you know, this is not the first time that we've had two losses very, very close together. That happened with uh, Uncle Tim and, and Aunt LeBert. Yep. Um, so, you know, you start to ask yourself, how much can one family take? Right. Um, but what I know about us is that we're very strong people um, and have come through a lot of loss. And this is not the first premature death in our family. Unfortunately, no. and I think that was a bit triggering for some people. It happened, you know, happening again, and just triggering grief that has not been resolved in the last thirty years, anyway, right. um, or longer. So, um, but yeah, it's it's going to take some time. And I think you and I are people who compartmentalize very, very well. And um, this time, I'm having a hard time compartmentalizing. It just, and I'm kind of emotional right now. Um, it's just. Again, somebody's so young and then there's there's no reasoning for it. There's none. We don't we haven't got any results back. Family still doesn't know. It's just somebody you saw walking around perfectly fine in good health to just collapse and just pass away out of the blue that had so much life to live. And, you know, oftentimes people talk about, you know, what black men ain't doing, young black men ain't doing, people ain't doing this. And there was the exact opposite of all of that. Right. Pursued my cousin for like Two years. She wouldn't give him no play. Finally, she gave went out with him and they've been together ever since. My family ain't the most receptive of times of men entering the family. They going to feel you out and see who you are. Because when the first time I met there, I'm like, yo, who the blank is this? You know what I mean? And my, my cousin is just like, oh, that's Daryl. Him and Jordan's dating. He, he all right. You know what I mean? It was just that. But like I figured, oh, all right, whatever. As time went on, he didn't go anywhere. He was there, like at family events, never shied away, would come up to you, speak to you, shake your hand, look you in the eye, joke. Never heard my uncle or my cousin say anything bad about him. My aunt, nothing. Just a good kid, worked very hard to the point where they liked him so much, they let him actually, my aunt and uncle actually let him move in their house. But he moved in with a plan. Right. It wasn't like he just needed a place to stay. You know, and, and our uncle spoke about this at his service that he came to my uncle man to man and said, I want to buy a house. I want to put this life together, but I need help. And it was agreed that he would come stay with them for a while so he could, you know, save money. And honestly, I think from a cultural perspective, you don't hear that a lot right. among, amongst black families. Um, but other cultures work together to set somebody right. up to, to build a life. And and I'm not saying that never happens with us, but you get what I mean. Well, I get exactly what you um, mean. So the fact that he was able to to move in, stuck to his plan and did exactly what he said he was going to do. And to do that in his 20s, you don't hear that. You often. don't hear that often. Right. So to see somebody that did that, got a home, you know, moved his girlfriend in, in a home, recently completed his CDLs. 
Um, was looking at bigger and better things, planning on building a life, and to see that person just snatched away, it's just, it was, again, I know I said this again, it's just like crippling, like heartbreaking, like, you know, somebody that had a whole lot of potential ahead of them, found a, a, a woman that supported their goals and was able to build with them and was building this family and this life and them to be gone. It's just like very sobering. Um, and you realize like none of this is promise, you know, anything can be taken away. And then, you know, you think more and more about, okay, what am I doing in my life and how will I be, how will I be remembered and reflected upon if, you know, my number gets called. Right. Like, like what's your legacy going to be? And, um, you know, I, I think my friends and I, you know, my friends who know my family very, very well um, and know of all my cousins and their relationship situations and, and all of that. I mean, we've joked for a while that like, man, what happened to uh, the over 30 guys? Because Daryl's killing it. You know, right. bought the house, did the things you were supposed to do, proposed, provider, motivator, all those great things. And just um, I've been so impressed of the steps that he's taken to um, prepare, lay the, a solid foundation to prepare to be the head of a household. Um, and it just feels like one of the good ones got right. taken away. Like it, it is, it's been really hard to accept that really, really hard. Um, so yeah, but interestingly, this, this ties into one of the things that we've been secretly working on, um, and had no intention of talking about it publicly yet. But one of the um, goals for this year was to put a bigger focus on health and wellness and utilize the show as a medium for that, or the December 26th or brand, I should say. Um, because one of the things that you and I noticed is that while we had gotten so much done last year, we were really run down right. by December. And um, it it is great to do all the things that we do and promote our stories and record a show and help the community and all those things. Um, but the stress that comes with all of that has taken a toll on our bodies and also just um, sleep deprivation, eating on the run, you know, all of those things. Um, I think we're, we've been feeling it. You pay a tax. Yeah. You you pay a tax for real. Um, and you, you feel it like the mental and like a lot of times we we mistake being busy for actually being productive. Mm -hmm. Like people place an emphasis on hustling, but they don't realize a, is a lot of it is like hustling backwards. It's like a toxic hustle because you are, you're doing so many things, but you're wearing your body down and you're not reaching your fullest potential. So excuse my language, you might end up half-assing a whole bunch of things, mm -hmm. right? And if you're an entrepreneur, you have a professional life, that's not good because I feel like as always, if you're a, a black person working in a space, you always have a, that big brother eye on you and what you're right. doing. So if you're doing several different things and you're tired, you're run down, um, you're not performing at your, you know, your optimal uh, potential um, or your optimal capabilities, like that leaves room for error, mm -hmm. and that may set you back in the wrong, the the long run. Um, so one of the things that we kind of discussed, because there's this culture right now, you know, you sleep when you die and I'm going to get it. I'm going to work 12 to 12, seven days a week. And yeah, that may be sustainable um, for, you know, a month um, if you're trying to accomplish something. But that's not sustainable for a whole calendar year. It's right. just not. And you feel it um, and it shows in your body and your face. You know, no disrespect to Delisha, but I've had several people uh, in the past two months be like, so how much older are you than Delisha? <laughs> And I'm like, she's six years older than I am. And they're like, whoa. And I know part of it's probably just because I shaved my head bald. But still, like, it ain't supposed to be like that. Like, she good looking and all. But damn, like, I am. I'm not, I'm not like 45. 
But again, stress, right? Right. Stress, eating garbage, eating on the run, just eating at the wrong times because your body reacts to all those things. So there's some days where I only eat once a day. Mm -hmm. And when your body goes into that mode, like, oh, we being deprived, it pack on that fat. And everything. So it might be eating one meal, but them cars is getting stored because they like your body's like, yo, I don't know when we're gonna eat again. Right. You're using your street voice and vernacular on, on this episode today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we decided to say, okay, well, if we're struggling with this and and we feel there are a lot of issues within the black community that need needs to be highlighted anyway around prioritizing health and wellness and early intervention and prevention and all of those great things. What if we documented our journey? Um, and not only that, but really got some experts involved to provide uh, really important information to our listeners about how to really operate from a place of peak performance and and wellness. So we have been working on that um, before this even happened. And one of the things that we spoke about um, with one of the collaborators that we had a call with was telling stories of tragic loss, premature uh, passings, et cetera, to just really highlight the importance of making sure even when you feel good, you go get go to the doctor. And not that everything's preventable. Some things are just tragic and unexpected, but getting your yearly physical, making sure your levels are right and all those things. Um, we have been focused on that, not really realizing that we ourselves, while we don't know a cause yet, but we as a family would experience such a tragic, inexplicable loss two weeks or three weeks after having that conversation. Um, so I think as much as we already already have on our plates, after experiencing that, um, it feels even more important that we further the mission of educating and offering information and motivating um, people who look like us to really focus on what really matters. Because right. if you don't have health, all this other stuff, it's only a matter of time before you're not going to be able to do it anyway. So right. focusing on that and making sure you are feeling good, eating well, um, and doing what you need to do to be here as long as possible. And there are some things that you just can't avoid, and we know that, but it's important to make sure you see a doctor and have your exams, your evals, all the things that you need. So if something's lying dormant, it could be identified. Facts. Yeah. So more to come on on that uh, process and what we're working on there. Um, but it, it's something that we are are really, really passionate about and, and excited about. And now it feels closer to my heart. Um like why we need to do it, for sure. For sure. You can't put these sort of things off. And again, we don't know what happened to him, but it's just like an extra emphasis on like, all right, I need to do a little bit better and take more care of myself. None of this, these things are promised. I'm not immortal. You know, anything can happen. So let's make the best decisions, you know, moving forward. And I think like, I feel like you do a pretty good job of it already. I try, but I think also that's because you have more of the... Jamaican genetics right. than I do. <laughs> um, in that we, we both are naturally athletic people, you know, with pretty good metabolism, I think. Um, but I definitely have struggled in the past that if I go too far off my program, um, it's reflected very quickly in my mm -hmm. blood work. And I, you know, I, I start getting all those red flags from the doctor. Um, so that's why I try, I try really hard to, you know, you have your cheats and stuff, but to eat pretty well and take pretty 
pretty good care of myself and, you know, don't keep junk food in the house, even though that's not really my jam anyway, um, because we have also witnessed how years of poor eating habits and not getting sleep and all that stuff, how it can all accelerate uh, in the, the winter of your life and really put you closer to the grave more quickly. Right. And I know that's a morbid thing to say, but it's true. Um, years of just of things that have, have not been resolved and not changing certain habits and how it can can really all of a sudden compound and boil over at, at, to a, at a point. So um, it's really important to me that like, I don't want to go through that. I'm trying to be here till I'm 100 at least. <laughs> Still talking junk to my great grandchildren. Yeah, I got uh, grandchildren to criticize. <laughs> so um, so that's the plan. Stay tuned. Stay tuned on that for sure. Um, but switching gears, I know this is kind of a heavy, heavy episode, but we felt it important. Um, those of uh, those who listen to this show out of the December 26th family and listen to these episodes really love them. But I think why one of the reasons that they love them is that we try to be really candid about the things that are going on behind the scenes. Um, so, And that's why I use behind the scenes voice sometimes. <laughs> but you don't do it every Extraordinary Occurrences episode. Sometimes you bring your interview voice and then other times you bring, you bring like the voice and vernacular that I know you to use. Sometimes you got to keep it all the way authentic. <laughs> Not authentic, but authentic. Anyway, um, so before all of this went down, though, we had an amazing opportunity oh, yeah. the day after my birthday, which I, I don't know. In hindsight, the organizer of that, shout out to Rachel Brown Maldonado, um, a good friend of mine who helped us put this together. We were like, why did we do this on the third? But anyway, we actually actually conducted our first fireside chat as a duo. At Citibank's new Castle office for their Black Heritage Network to kick off um, a month of Black history activities and events. Your favorites could never. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a legit thing. Like, yeah, it was. You know, they advertise it at their office there and, and another office that they have locally in Delaware. Um, and we packed the room and they brought us in to talk about our experience of launching a show and highlighting the stories of Black and brown folks and how we manage and how we make the show happen and dream realization um, and focusing on your passions, even when you are operating within corporate environments or the bills have to be paid and you're trying to build something, build something on the side. Um, and it was great. How'd you feel about it? Oh, it was amazing. Um, I don't think I've ever done anything like that before. Just a room with that caliber of people. And it just be me and two other people on the stage talking mm -hmm. and not like talking about a subject, but talking about, you know, my life and what I do on a day to day. It was, uh, it was great. It was a great experience. Um, and you know, we had both set some personal goals this year. I know for me, it was like, you know, four, at least four speaking events, um, this year. And it was crazy that I'm like in the you know second month of the year, I knocked one of those out, um, and could possibly have two other ones before, um, um, in the first two quarters of the year, mm -hmm. um, it was just, it was great. Like I had a great experience, um, had a good, really good time talking to people one-on-one -on -one after the show. Uh, and it was so, so, I was just surprised that that many people cared and then right. had questions to ask little old me after the show. Yeah. And I think what always catches me off guard, like I love what we do and, and I acknowledge um, and I'm proud of the quality of show that we produce, but the reality of it is we're still on the climb to 
really being um, ubiquitous. And what I mean by ubiquitous is like a show that a lot of people know um, and a brand that's recognizable within a certain demographic. So when we were invited to do this, I was just like, I hope people show up. Like, you know, um, because we're still not that known, right? Just keeping it real. So um, when people actually came and were excited to be there and had been listening to the show, um, before we even got there, that was really humbling. Right. And also to see allies in the room. You know, we tend to think that we we make this show for people who look like us, but to know that that people who don't are into it as well caught me off guard. Yeah, that was very surprising. Um, and like literally saying, I listen to the show every day when I work out. Like that, I didn't. I really didn't know how to react honestly because I mean, our show we're not super irreverent or anything, but we do shine a light on issues that are very specific to the diaspora. Um, so when you hear somebody that doesn't look like you telling you that they love this show so much, my first my first thought, quite frankly, was, are you just in the first episode yeah, that it was like, just hey, me? You just, you're in the teens still. Wait till you get to the 50s, you know? Um, them episodes got a lot of pigment to them. Yeah, so a lot of melanin. <laughs> a lot of melanin. Uh, so I, I didn't ask the question because I honestly just didn't want to know. Um, but if she is in the first few episodes, she's in for a rude awakening very soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so... But I mean, and it's not it's not a for us by us situation in the sense that we're we don't we were exclusive. We want to be inclusive. But just given the content, it's surprising to me that there would be intrigue there. You know what I think it is? I don't think we're on anything. Um, I don't think we're being exclusive or anything. I just know we I know who our conversations, who we have our conversations with. And it just so happens that the platform is, you know, for everyone. Right. So anyone can listen to the show. Um, there's no guidelines. It's not a secret. There's no passport. It's not like we're having secret black meetings and putting it on and that was for anyone to listen to. It's just the conversation is very centric to our people and our experiences. And it may be people from different groups, but they are adjacent to our community, right? Mm-hmm. And have grew up amongst us, work amongst us, have partners amongst us. So they they get it. But I think what I'm realizing more and more um some people are just very interested. It's an opportunity podcasting, uh, interviews in general is an opportunity for you to get a perspective that you normally may not get, right? So right. Um, sometimes people may not be privy to that information. They don't have Black friends like that, but they're curious to get these perspectives. They can't go, they don't get invited to the secret brunch <laughs> or, you know, the secret, secret Starbucks meeting or cafe meeting and just get to hear people powwow about their life and their experiences. And they they want to know because oftentimes I don't think this is spoken about enough. And some people may disagree with me, but black people will censor themselves in mm-hmm. us, uh, you know, white spaces, corporate spaces at their jobs. They just, you know, they feel like they, they may have to limit themselves and the things that they say, be, not because they're some sort of coward or because they're weak, because they want to thrive in those environments. Right. Um, so you may be yourself, but you're 70% of yourself or you're 80% of yourself or 90% of yourself, but it's still that part that you keep to yourself. I feel like on our platform, people are pretty much themselves Mm -hmm. all the way and they give their honest opinions because it's outside of an environment that may control their likelihood and their well-being and their finances. Right, exactly. And I mean, people may disagree with you, but there have been studies very recently uh, published about this. Right. about the Black experience within corporate America. And um, it's becoming now less of a dirty little secret that Black people feel like they have the job that they're paid to do and the other job they have to do to be 
um, successful in these environments and, and in certain spaces, namely the code switching and right. censoring themselves and feeling like they're not forging appropriate relationships within corporate environments because they have nothing in common with other people. And those other people not really looking for strains of commonality to um, collaborate. And, and the reality of it is, whether it's conscious or subconscious, we want to work with people, work closely with people that we can relate to right. in, a, in a sense. And oftentimes, and, and as someone who has been in corporate America, literally since I was 18 years old, my first internship was the summer after high school. Um, I learned very quickly that now, while I had to, na I've had to navigate white spaces my entire life. So I was a bit prepared and maybe more prepared than others. Um, but I learned very quickly that part of the corporate game in terms of advancement is what happens outside of the office. Right. So the things you do to spend time with these folks and forge the relationships where um, they see you as somebody that they want to be around. And if, if you have not gone to ski and bear or, um, or Aspen, or you don't golf or, you know, you're not at the marina. And I'm talking about because of the space that I've worked in, these are people that are very moneyed. Right. <laughs> Many of them come from money. So, um, and it, you, you feel confident in a sense to just be who you are and say, no, I'm not familiar with that or I am, but that's not my thing. Or maybe it is. I'm not, we're not a monolith. We say that often on this show. There are Black people who have had those experiences, but there are a lot of us who've entered corporate America without them. And it can be very difficult to find uh, mutual interests and things that allow for conversation and banter in a way where you feel like you're laying the foundation and the groundwork to have a relationship with this person where they're going to look out for you and give you opportunities and growth. Because a lot of times we've been told that if you just work hard and do your part, that advancement and opportunity will come. And that's just not that's true. That's the biggest lie. That is a lie. That's a lie. Life. And that has actually come out in these studies. I think one of the ones that I read, read recently was from uh, the Harvard Business Review. They did one, Catalyst did another one about being Black in corporate America. And somebody, some of the quotes that they had pulled out, people were actually saying, I thought if I just worked hard and put in more hours than everybody else and my output and my work product were exceptional, that opportunities for advancement would come. And I found out that that was not the case. I have had that same experience. And it's, that is one piece of a very uh, complex formula, if you can call it that to really get promoted and, and climb the ladder and whatever you're doing. It's not just corporate. If this is a diverse space and you're the minority, it takes a lot. So um, we often, you know, look at this platform as a place for people to be honest about. We don't, we, we don't uh, wallow in it, but we talk about strategies and ways to achieve and overcome unique obstacles to us, be it socioeconomic, racial, familial dynamics, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's, that's really important. So I have always said that we don't have a duty to educate the others, but if they want to come here and learn and get a different point of view, we welcome that. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it has caught me off guard that our, our audience is more diverse than I thought. Um, but welcome, welcome to the table and uh, keep listening for sure. Keep um, listening. So yeah, we are also, oh gosh, I feel like I have to take a deep breath before I say this. We're six months off the next backpack drive. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> So it's all about to, to accelerate again. And given the start to this year where I feel like we've just been kicked and chewed up and spit out. Um, yeah, I'm a little nervous. Yo, it, yo, this year has felt like, let me tell you what type of kid I was. This year is basically equivalent. Of, I don't know if you remember when you was young, you'd be outside 
you riding your bike and somebody be talking trash on a bike and somebody would throw a stick mm-hmm. in the spokes <laughs> and the bike would stop and you flip off the you bike. That's, off the bike. That's what February has kind of felt like. We Absolutely. were just moving on the bike. I'm like, ha <laughs> riding by somebody threw a broomstick right in my spokes. That's and literally I flew what happened. Off the bike. Yeah, 2020 has been like, oh, you thought. Like, <laughs> oh, you thought. <laughs> literally. Life was like, you thought through that, that broomstick in the spokes. Exactly. And, and <laughs> flipped. Flipped over the handlebars, which has happened to me. But mine wasn't a broomstick. Mine was like I had a um like a sweater or a sweatshirt right. tied around my waist and the sleeve got caught up in <laughs> in the spoke. Went over the bike, man. But I jumped up. I was already right. jumped up. Dust yourself off. Yeah. Get back on the bike, head where you going. But it ha- it has felt like that. I feel like we like we're in a good place. We coasted, you know, kind of eased into 2020. We're making, laying the foundation, making certain plans um, and preparing to go into the backpack drive and feeling really good about it and still feel good about it. But um, now just feeling so mentally and emotionally drained from things. Um, yeah, I feel like every time I think about it, a single tear, I have to fight from having that single tear fall down my cheek. Right. But I mean, just as you did as a childhood and your childhood, you know, you lay there for a second, you know. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't I wouldn't let nobody see me cry. Um, you dust yourself off, you roll over, you know, you get up for a second, you might walk around, try to get your wind back. Take a couple and of breaths. Take a couple of breaths, and then you know, you pick the bike up, look at it, see if it could be rolling. You walk with it for a little bit up the street, and then eventually, you know, you hop back on it and start riding again. And it's no different um than this. These things are gonna happen. Um, but it's never what happens, it's always uh, about how you react to what happens and how you cope, right? So, um, you know, you take that, you take that, that, that break. You gather yourself, you regroup, and then you get back to what you were doing. It's the only thing you can do. It's the only thing we've ever done, right? So, I mean, we are we are slowly putting the pieces together. We've been in touch with the local mayor, um, and we've got some uh, tentative dates for this. And we are we are making it happen. We're still in the arena, marred with sweat. Right. <laughs> uh, we're still out here, um, but we are putting our team together and, and all that stuff. And we are excited. We had so much fun. That was the highlight of my year last year, like the gala and the backpack drive, as we said before. So I'm looking forward to serving the community again and, and hopefully doing it bigger and serving more people. But I think we realize that it's going to take even more help. And we're working to put that together on the committee and. So if you got any great ideas, you want to get involved, feel free to DM us or, or reach out and let us know. Um, but that is coming. I cannot believe it's six months. It's been six months since the last one almost. And we have six months to pull it together, which with all these things, it always comes together in the last two months anyway. Um, but we're trying to lay the foundation. So that is happening. We're not giving up. Um, and we are, we're working as well. We're looking into some live events and podcast festivals this year and putting ourselves out there more. I am about to go public with my social media. Dun, dun, dun. Which, yeah, if you know anything about me, you know that is <laughs> a little bit unsettling. Um, yeah. So we, She's, we, Delisha is an SMR. You know what that is? What is that? A social media recluse. <laughs> I am. I am. I Listen, I still have a hard time when I run into people who talk to me about an episode of the show. Someone that I just forgot even listen in the hair salon anyway. Like, oh, I caught that episode. It was so good. Um, I'm like, oh, I forgot that this information is just out there. And I ran into someone from high school in the process of um, 
what has happened in the last week is lost. We didn't even know we, we both had this mutual connection. But she was like, oh, I, you know, I read everything you post, everything you've been doing. And it's just so out there that I, I really, really struggle with. I've always been a really, really private person. And I know it's necessary for what we do. Um, so at first we were going to build from the ground up. So I had set up a separate like new IG page mm-hmm. and that's what it was going to be. And then you had the idea to build on the foundation of the following that I already have and a page that I has been private. Um, and that, that following has been built up. A lot of it are people that I don't even know um, has been built up from the speaking engagements that I've done. So you suggested flipping that one because the foundation is there already and then turning the other one private. So I haven't made the the official, I, I switched the names, so that's done, but I've not made the official swap, swap yet. A um, little nervous, a little nervous. I don't know why she's nervous. She'll be all right. I think too, it's just keeping up with it. It's one more thing to do. And I know it comes naturally to other to other people to put their lives on display. It doesn't for me. So it feels like work. And with everything else that I have to do on a daily basis, I'm like, oh. It's a lot. But I, I think I think you're capable. It's just we in a weird way, we are publicly private people. Mm-hmm. I don't say a quarter of the things that come to mind, to my, come to mind or show right. half the things that I'm involved with. Other it may appear to be like that, but. It's kind of weird putting yourself on display because you're making yourself vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? And people can offer commentary. People you don't know can know more, way more about you and offer commentary on your life. But hey, this is the game that we're in. This is the game that we have to play. Right. So I have been like jotting down things that I want to talk about on IG Live or whatever, um, putting out other videos and things that are important to me and things that I've experienced. So yeah, I'm making a list. I'm, I'm getting it together. Um, I think we were supposed to roll that out this month, but just with everything that has occurred, we're on delay, but we have, we have laid the foundation. So that is coming. So more social media, more micro content from us, the health and wellness piece, continuing our, continuing our philanthropy, live events, and just more great interviews. That's all in the pipeline. More, more for your headpiece. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, we're, we're growing. Uh, and I am still excited, even though it's been a rocky start to the year. And I have a lot of questions about why, um, but I'm excited and I'm, I'm still living in a state of expectation and working to find gratitude in every day and cherish every day because definitely it's so cliche, but tomorrow is truly, truly not promised. It's not promised. And I'll, I'll say what I said to a friend recently, because I had a friend um, that I chose to be an accountability partner for all the goals that I've set for myself this year. And he said, wow, man, you set some really really high goals. And I was like, of course I set some high goals. And then he sent some goals back um, that he wanted me to be accountable to me for. And I was like, these are good, but you need to aim higher. And he's like, where do you think so? And I'm like, yeah, like that's all you can do is aim high. It's very cliche, but you're if you don't aim high, you're setting limitations on yourself um, and you're not reaching for your full potential. Because even if you don't attain the goals, you're still going to do more than you ever would normally. So I think like that's something that we have to continue to do and always do, because, again, tomorrow isn't promised. All these things are not promised. We got one life to live and we don't know how much time we have left on the clock. So why not do be out here doing the most and getting the most? As my mother would say, you can't be out here doing the most and getting the least. Absolutely. Um, So, again, be extra, y'all. Be as extra as possible. Um, and don't worry about what people, other people have to say or what other people think. It's not their life. It's, it's your life. True. Um, and, and just make it happen. And, you know, I, people always say like seeing how tired 
we are and all the things that we do. People say to me all the time, you guys just need to take a break. Like, just just stop. And and for me, I'm just like, yeah, these are, quote, passion projects. But like, save a real illness or some kind of breakdown or something you weren't expecting. You don't just, quote, take a break from work, right? right. So consistency is key here. And, and part of what we do and part of why I think we've been successful to, to date and grown and expanded in the way that we have, even though it has been organic and a, a slow process to an extent, is because we are consistent. We, you know, we we try to make sure that we put the content out there, do what we said we were going to do and, and keep our word. And I've, you know, I've had people say to me, if you want to catch a husband, you're going to have to slow down. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that. Man, if if you're after the type of man that I think you're after, you'll understand. Yeah, I mean, of course. He's going to be doing the same thing. Compromises will have to be made when you right. and you have to have flexibility when you bring another partner into into the mix, of course, right? Or children or all those things. But the reality of it is this is at my very core who I am. I'm a high achieving person with a lot of dreams and and walking in my purpose. So anybody that I end up with has to align with that, right? And we have to figure out how to make it work with each other. And for me to to stop doing all these things, to quote, catch somebody, and I hate that term in general, that's me Terrible being term. my inauthentic self. So who is he getting a facsimile of me? Right. And how long will I be able to keep that up? Right, because that, that's actually being deceitful, being right. a lie, because it's just not who I am. Right. You're, you're meeting me in one quote unquote way, but Oh, yeah. By the way, I do all this stuff. Exactly. It's very, it's fake. You can't talk about people like they're Pokemon. Like, this is an actual person. <laughs> we're not catch. nobody's catching anybody. We're having a mutual agreement that we're going to build a life together. Right. And the reality of it is I've dated, dated since we started this show and I make the time. It's not easy, but I make the time. You make the time for what um, you want to do. So what hasn't worked is for different reasons that we don't, we won't talk about here, but. Right. So, yeah, I don't, I just don't subscribe to that. And, um. To your point, be extra. We were saying stay sucker free in January. Maybe be extra is the next mantra. I'm being extra. Not extra dramatic, but I'm doing the most. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm doing the most when it comes to my personal health. I'm doing the most when it comes to my family. I'm doing the most to achieve my goals. And if anything, the things that don't align with those things that I just mentioned, oh, well, I don't care. That's it. And it doesn't and it doesn't mean that you are subscribing to the hustle culture because right. you just mentioned the importance of rest and all those things. It, does, it doesn't mean that every day you are on 150 with those things, but really understanding what your goals are and taking those steps and allotting time to each in a way that a, you can actually see results. Exactly. So, you know, if you're doing the most with your work, um, you may not have time to be watching certain things on Netflix. Right. You may not have time to be going out. Or seeing certain things, right? Um, if you're you're doing the most family wise, it might have to you might have to cut back a little bit in certain aspects of work. So not taking up projects, right? So mm-hmm. I have a problem to be transparent. Some, uh, you know, I know we're running on a little bit, but sometimes I had a problem with setting boundaries. I right. take on too many projects. Marcus to, says yes to everyone. Right. He helps everyone. I try to help too many people, and I can't do that. Take care of my health and spend time with my family. So valuing myself and my time a little bit more. Like you know what? That's a great idea. I could help you with that, but I can't help you with that because mm-hmm. I'm working on X, Y, and Z. And if I help you with that, that's not only going to take away from my health. It's not going to take away from some of my business goals. It's especially going to take away from my family time. Right. And I can't do that. Right. Right. Exactly. So, you know, again, just kind of being more intentional and being more thoughtful about how we go about all those things and being extra in a good way, not the negative way, as we know, 
when you hear somebody say, oh, he'd be an extra. Right. Exactly. So we're going to keep trucking. Um, we hope you continue to rock with us. We, we know that normally in these episodes, we're just like cracking jokes and having that sibling banter. And this one had a different tone. But um, who would we be if we weren't candid and honest about all the pieces of our, our lives, the, even the dark parts um, when everything's not on the up and up? So we're forging ahead. Um with our family in this grieving process, of right. course. Uh, and one of the things that I, I posted on my birthday, I'm going to repeat here and maybe we'll, we'll end with that. But before I get there, remember, if you're into this, like the episode, share it, subscribe. To subscribe. Podcast, send it somebody. to five people, yeah, six let people. Tell a friend to tell a friend and tell a friend. You tell us that you love it. Tell somebody else that turn, you love turn it. Turn to your neighbor, say, <laughs> that podcast, an extraordinary occurrences, neighbor. <laughs> You got to listen to this. That's what you need to do. Yes, man. You got to let people know. We, I know I'm being extra, you. but I attended a Pentecostal church this week. Oh, so man. I'm in we, the are, bag. we are. We are church. Right. Church for real. <laughs> um, but the thing that I posted when I thanked everyone for all the birthday wishes, which I'm trying to live by to this year, uh, is if you love someone, tell them. Apologize when necessary. Stay hydrated. And last but certainly not least, be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Are we out? We out. We're out. To our listeners, take care. Check out the interviews too. We love doing this, this duo episodes, but make sure you check out the guests that we're talking to. They they make the show so much better. So we love you. We appreciate you. Call somebody today and tribute to our cousin and tell them that you love him. Um, we would appreciate that. Daryl, rest in peace. You will be rest missed. Rest in peace, Daryl. You'll be missed. Daryl. Take care. Bye. Peace. Thank you for listening to the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER. 